Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon, but we also have a big-time guest for the show today, National Director of Scouting and Rankings for On3, Charles Power. Charles, welcome back to the show. We've got a ton to get to today. You only have so much time doing what you do. So let's jump in here. We're going to focus on Louisiana to kick things off. And we got to talk about the biggest name right now as far as senior prospects go in LSU's 2024 class. Let's trade as green. What he's doing this year is really impressive. And that's why he's, at this point, your favorite prospect in LSU's class. Yeah, I, th- I think it's safe to say that that right now. I mean, trade trade as green is having a, a great senior season. I think I went through and before we got on, I kind of went back and watched all of his snaps, like charted his stats. I think I had him at maybe like 21 catches for 320 yards, four touchdowns in four games. So he's averaging about like 80 yards a game. Uh, and I, I think to me, like the, the production's really encouraging, but if you just watch how he's how he is doing it, man, it is like super impressive. He's mainly playing like as a left outside receiver at Zachary, but but I think he's moving the best we've ever seen him move. Like we've always known this is a really physically gifted prospect. I mean, this is a guy who was getting like high major basketball offers before he was even like a football prospect. So um, there's there's just I, th- I think you're starting to see it all kind of coalesce and come together for Trade as Green, and uh, he is just a monster at the catch point, like acrobatic catches. He's coming down with touchdowns off the top of the the head of of, of the DBs. Um, just a guy who really looks like a catch point monster. And I think to me, he, that combined with just the fact he's moving so well, I think he cut, cut a little weight. He's around 230 now, has, has some, some bounciness in his movements. Um, he's making, picking up some yards after the catch. Uh, I think when you're looking at him kind of within that tight end group, he's certainly one of the top tight ends in this cycle. I think he's currently ranks number three for us now. Um, but, but, uh, a guy who is really ascending into his senior season through like early on in his senior season. And that's what we look for when, when, when we're ranking prospects. I think you want to tend to bet on guys who are continuing to improve guys who are launching into college from a developmental perspective. And, uh, man, I think you have to be really, really encouraged with what trade as green has done early on in his senior year. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to continuing to watch it, but, um, he is a guy that I'm excited to watch every week. And, and it's it's a deal where he makes a couple catches every game that that are really kind of like eye-popping. So um, just I think if you're an LSU fan, just just trust me when I'm saying you want to be really excited about him. I think he's a guy whenever he puts his highlights out, everybody's going to kind of see what we're talking about. And that's one thing too. Like we're at this point in the season where I think what like Cody Belair and I are, are watching – maybe is not like everything's going to be public yet, but I think when, when the dust settles and trade is green, like puts out his senior highlights, I think LSU fans are going to be very excited when they see it. Just, just trust me when I, when I say that I, I, I tweeted a couple clips, um, you know, over the past couple of weeks, but um, yeah, he, he's doing it on a, on a weekly basis at this point. And I think uh, as Zachary gets in deep into their playoff run, everybody's gonna kind of, kind of see what he's doing. So for sure. I think he's a guy that LSU fans should be very excited about. We, uh, we've shared those clips that you put out on the Bengal Tiger website. I obviously tried my best uh, for Bengal Tiger subscribers to get full video of a game, went out there. Uh, Trey Des did not play. Uh, Coach Brew with a game-time decision there uh, in a win over St. Aug. But, uh, Charles, quickly um, thought, because you watch so much, uh, we've talked about this. This was the second most listened to, your last time on the podcast, second most listened to um, 
podcast we've had since post Bama, uh, the reactions to that win in overtime a, a year ago. So people love hearing from you. You watch everybody. I know how much time you put into it because we're also close friends away from work. Jaden Riddell, Caleb Odom, those are the top two tight ends. Is Tradez Green realistically knocking on the door? Is LSU potentially in a spot where a monster season could lead to him being having a case to be the best tight end in the country? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think if, if he keeps this up and he continues to play at this level, I, I think he'll certainly uh, factor into that conversation. Um, if you kind of look at where those guys are ranked right now uh, w- within that tight end group, that kind of top tier of, of tight ends, I think Caleb Odom is high, like low twenties. Um, Riddell is is kind of in that like I think thirty to thirty five range, and Trey Green is is right after him. So uh, I, I think when you look at the 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 upward trajectory of Trey Green, what he's showing as a senior, um, and I think the opportunity to see all these guys in an all-star setting would, would also be extremely informative um, in, in, a, in a neutral setting. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's uh, the way things are currently tracking. I think it's safe to say that if he continues to play at this level, he will factor in uh, to that conversation for sure. When you look at uh, trade as green, you made a big, big jump uh, on three national team did. He went up almost a hundred spots that put him as the top number two. Uh, overall prospect in Louisiana. Charles, there's been a rhetoric, and it's the truth um, so far, that heading into senior seasons, the number one and two players in the state were committed elsewhere. Obviously, Dominic McKinley to Texas A&M, being the number one player coming out of Acadiana, Wardell Mack committing to Florida. The on-three rankings have shuffled a bit, so no longer the top two headed out of state. Trade as Green is now the number two player in the state. And he's just two spots overall behind Dominic McKinley, who trended back a little bit. Just your initial thoughts of these top five guys that you've got, uh, which we've mentioned, McKinley, Green, Mack. But Gabe Relliford up at Evangel committed to A&M. He's soared for you a couple of times now. And the same with Deshaun McBride out of Denham Springs, who's one of LSU's highest rated commitments right now. Yeah, um, I I think – this last rankings update was one where we, we where we did see some shuffling at the top of the the, the state rankings in, in Louisiana, and I think if if I was to start off, if I was going to peg two prospects in this top five that are clearly ascending as seniors, it's Trey as Green and, and Gabriel Relliford. Those are the two guys who, and I think apart from Louisiana, I think nationally, if you go through Cody and I go through and and do checks like on a weekly basis and. Like I was going through last night and I was going through like all of the defensive prospects. Gabriel Relliford, among all the defensive prospects nationally, is a guy who pops in a big way. Trade as greens like that on offense. So uh this is not something that's just singular to Louisiana. I think when you expand nationally, those are two guys who are having fantastic senior years and, and really like I, I think in showing the full breadth of what they can do as like a total prospect from a talent perspective, ability perspective. Um, so I, I would start with those two as guys who moved up in our last rankings update based on how they played since then, I think could continue to move up as, as we work on that. Um, I, I think starting off with Dominic McKinley at, at one currently, uh, he's a guy who has a lot of physical abilities, a big athlete, uh, like six, five around 300 pounds, a guy who you know runs sub five seconds in the, in the 40 yard dash plus length. I think with McKinley, uh, we're just going to continue to monitor him and see how he plays just from like a physicality perspective, a production perspective, um, he's a guy who I think 
has a lot of upside physically. I uh, want to see him continue to make strides as a senior. I thought he was actually pretty productive as a junior. Um, it's, it's a smaller sample size as a senior. So I want to make like, like sweeping conclusions uh, off of three, four games. Um, we'll kind of like let that sample size uh, expand. And I don't think he's played quite as much as everybody else, but, um, but, but yeah, I, I think still, still believe in like the physical talent. I want to see him continue to put it together uh, as a senior in defensive line. I think too, in, in that, group kind of that he's clustered in there's some guys kind of like moving up so some of this overall rankings can can, can be factored in by uh prospects around you moving up or moving down so there's kind of like some external factors there relative to where he would stack up kind of in the d-line group um and, and then trade as we, we touched on it at, at, at two uh wardo mac is kind of interesting uh the florida commit he's playing safety uh a lot a, a, as a senior like that's not his natural position so he's a, he's kind of um you know, not like in a super favorable spot there. I, I think, uh, th- I think long term when you watch him play, I think he's probably most comfortable as a nickel at, at the next level. Um, so uh, a guy who's like played like a lot of corner, played a lot of offense, playing safety now. So not uh, like I, I think that's kind of a interesting situation relative to you know where he projects long term. I, I think he's kind of safe to say he's playing a little out of position uh, as a senior a guy who I think can really cover, but but just as a pure like deep safety um uh, is a guy who's not super comfortable there right now just given his lack of experience there um and and then and then Deshaun McBride I I think uh a guy who is you know one of the headliners in LSU's class a ton of physical ability like he is how you draw them up physically it's like six two six three around 200 pounds a plus athlete a, a guy who He's going to blow up the combine setting. Uh, he's really good in, on in, in, in track. He's a ball hawk on Friday nights. I think with Deshaun McBride, I think right now, and I've watched a lot of Deshaun McBride, uh, the flashes are really encouraging. He has an extremely high upside. He's a guy who needs to continue, I think, to get more consistent uh, at, at, as a run defender, taking angles, you know, physicality as a tackler. You, you see it in flashes. You want to see a little more consistency, but uh, I think he is outstanding in coverage. A guy who has great ball skills. He's he's instinctual. He can run with receivers. Um, so I think he's a guy who his his cover skills are, are ahead of, um, you know, but maybe like the the run defense and, and open field tackling right now. Um, but but he's a guy who I think is going to benefit from just getting in college and, and getting that that coaching. But um, and kind of just adjusting to to the level. But uh, I, I I'm really high on on his physical ability. Uh, in, in ability and coverage. I think to me, he has like, he's a guy who has the body of a strong safety linebacker, like a guy who maybe could potentially grow into like a big, like linebacker type. But I think from a skill perspective and athleticism perspective, he's like a free safety to me. So uh, it, it's kind of an interesting little dichotomy there, but, um, but yeah, still really high on his upside. I mean, he's a top 100 prospect and, and has been for, for a little bit for us. And uh, I, I think he's got a, a pretty high ceiling. Yeah, uh, I, I love Deshaun McBride. Getting to see him a couple times in the offseason was was huge just to see how he matched up athletically in coverage, especially um, for me. And obviously he got it done on the field as a junior, but to see him go around some of the seven-on-seven circuits and match up against some big-time guys was was important. Uh, mm-hmm. I do love uh, Tecovis, our friends in Baton Rouge at the Tecovis store in Perkins Row. You can check them out. Shay's got the hat on. He's putting it on like he's making a commitment to Tecovis, which means maybe we get him in a pair of Tecovis boots this football season. Um, this is a time where you can really impress some friends. You can impress some people that you don't know and make new friends 
around to Covis, this fine, fine store uh, and brand that uh, we have partnered with is, is something that I love. I've got multiple pairs of Tecovis. Um, They just do such a terrific job setting you up. When you walk into the store, you get greeted by really nice staff. You can have a beer or a drink or whatever you want while you shop uh, for these really high quality boots and other Western wear, uh, t-shirts, belts. Uh, they've got wallets. Uh, they've got duffel bags, all of those things. Uh, I was scrolling the site today and the Barrett really, uh, Caught my eye there. I know it's at the top, but it really did. The toe on that one is impressive. So step into a Tacova store and you, you're going to be greeted by that great staff. And then you're going to be able to also get your complimentary boot shines and get custom leather stamping that will make your boots or whatever you get truly one of a kind. So whether you're out at Tiger Stadium for Death Valley Saturday night, or you're just going out to dinner or you're doing whatever. I can wear Tecovis just out and about all day. They're that comfortable. So get a pair of Tecovis, head to the store in Baton Rouge at Perkins Row, tell them the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast sent you, and check them out. Tecovis, uh, always supplying the goods, just like Charles Power is on the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. And Charles, uh, you watch this, this LSU group of commits and this is a group that I feel like we have a lot of just different evaluation points overall. Let's look at some guys with upside, both in Louisiana, outside of the state. Um, do you do you have a couple that stand out to you, one from in-state, one from out-of-state, from an upside perspective that maybe fans aren't talking enough about? Yeah, I, I, I think with the in-state commits, just where you're, ta- where you're talking ceiling and upside, I think you have to start with Kylan Bilio, uh, the, the the receiver. I, Kylan Bilio is a guy who, you know, we all saw him at, at LSU's camp two years ago. I think he was a guy who was, I, maybe he hadn't even played high school football yet. Uh, I think I, if I recall, I think he was a, he was a basketball guy who was going to play football his, uh, his, his junior year. Um, so yeah, I think he's a guy just first off physically, you know, he's six, three, one ninety, runs. Well, he's really a basketball player, um, basketball first athlete and, and a guy who I, I think, is just really just like scratching the surface of his potential as a player. Um, I think you love the the size and speed. I think he has the ability to make like some acrobatic catches for sure. I think the biggest thing with Kylan Bilio is just going to be refining his skills as, as a receiver, just getting consistent, uh, like w- like with his hands, catching a lot of footballs. I think that's something that's gonna he's gonna Im- Im- improve on once he gets to the college level and is playing receiver full time and kind of gets that like high end coaching he's going to get, but there's no question. I think when you just look at him uh, physically, there's a lot to like there. Uh, but, but he's a guy who I think you're, you're going to need to bring along. Probably not one you would, I would expect to like come in and start like right away, but with, with how LSU recruits at receiver, I think they had that luxury to kind of develop him, get him like some scout team reps. But uh, he's a guy who I think after two or three years, in the program, he could like be set up for, for an explosion. Like to me, a little different prospect, but if you look at a guy like Xavier Leggett at South Carolina, Xavier Leggett was a guy who was a kind of a multi-purpose athlete, um, very similar from like a size and athleticism perspective to Kylan Bilio. Uh, and one way we ranked as like a low four star at 24 seven. And you fast forward like four years later and he was, he's like, you know, at one point, as of a week ago, was leading the country in receiving yards. So I think it's a similar, like kind of like developmental track there with, with Billio, uh, a guy who I think is is a long term play, high ceiling type. 
and um, you know, watched a, watched a good bit of him as a senior early on. Um, hasn't had like a ton of targets yet, but but I think um, you know, he's one that we'll continue to monitor uh, throughout the next you know couple months and and rounding out his senior year. But uh, he's a guy who has a, a, a lot of upside out of state. I think my pick would be Ori, Ori Williams, the offensive tackle. You know, I think physically Ori like stacks up as well at the position, like as, as anybody, I mean, he's a high end physical talent, like 34 plus inch arms. Just a big guy. What's he like? I think like six, seven, like 300 pounds. Um, just, just a uh, guy who moves well. I, I think Ori, what, what's interesting to me is, is watching him play basketball. And a lot of times you watch these big linemen play basketball and, and you, I think you can get a, a good indication of just like the lateral agility, overall movement skills. And he really is fleet of foot on the basketball court, maybe even more so than he currently is in football. I think he's a guy who's going to, as he continues to get experience and gets more, get more comfortable on the football field, um, is going to kind of settle in there. Uh, Billy, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he like missed maybe his sophomore junior year due, due, due to transfers. He kind of has not played as much, meaningful football i think as a lot of other 2024 prospects to this stage so he's a little like earlier on his developmental curve uh, than you would see from a lot of his peers so i think he's gonna has the potential to take a a a jump from a developmental perspective uh you know over the course of the next year or so but um you know he's a guy who i think just has has everything you want physically Uh, he's, he's exactly how you draw him up uh and i think he moves pretty well and I'm looking forward to kind of tracking the rest of his senior season and kind of look and see if there's some some growth and further development with him. But uh, and also too, I mean, he's a guy at a at a priority position, offensive tackle. You look at how LSU's recruited offensive tackle, similar to Billy. I don't think he's gonna have to rush to get on the field necessarily. So I think LSU's gonna have the luxury to develop him, and he's a guy who could pop up in a couple years and and be you know has, has like starting high end potential possibly. So. Um, so yeah, I think when you pair him with a guy like Ethan Calloway, he's probably a little more developed now, a little more, um, you know, like like polished, I guess you would say. Uh, I think that's like a really nice tackle combo. And, and I think when you look at how LSU's recruited offensive line since Brian Kelly's taken over, I think he'd be really encouraged um, relative to kind of what they started with and what they have now and kind of the direction they're moving. So I, I would be really encouraged if I was an LSU fan with how offensive line recruiting's going. Yeah, he uh, did have to play sub-varsity as a sophomore, so you nailed that mm. one uh, as well on Ori Williams, Charles. I um, you, you want it, you want to bring up uh, the quarterbacks, or do you, did you want to chime in on? Uh, no, no, I like his picks. That's who I like both picks. That's who I would roll with. I like Juwan Johnson too. You know, I'm a Juwan Johnson stand, but uh, Kyle, I like the pick as well. Uh, all right, it's that time, quarterback. Let me preface this by saying. Charles, you were there the very first time LSU saw Colin Hurley in person. He came to a camp with a ton of kids um, two years ago at LSU. You've watched every snap that he's played over the last two years, year and a half, I guess, of into his what is now his final season because he reclassified. And yeah. you were at the Elite 11 uh, and also at a number of seven-on-seven events he's thrown. I'd venture to guess you might watch Colin Hurley second most to Joe Sloan. So – Give us your thoughts. You've got him rated as a four-star, um, non-top 300. Obviously, you see right there, number 21 quarterback in America. Just your take on where he's at as a guy who reclassified and is now about halfway through his final year. Yeah, I, I think with Colin Hurley started off, um, you know, he's a he's a top arm talent. 
and, and I think that's that's something that that really shines in the camp setting. Uh, he is has has a loose, big arm. I think he has the ability to make all the throws. Um, just just rel- just with with his arm strength and ability to push the ball downfield. Um, you know, I I think there is just some some natural and then and then trained ability with his arm that that I think stacks up you know, among the best in the class. Um, yeah, I think that going into I guess maybe the past two seasons with Colin Hurley, you really kind of wanted to see him put that all together um, and, and, and kind of manifest itself uh, on, on the high school football field, which I think as, as we evaluate these quarterbacks, for me, really the senior year is, is you're kind of drilling down on the player and you're, you're really seeing, um, you know, is this guy taking strides at, 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 as a player? Um, I think most blue chip quarterbacks should, relative like should should dominate their competition you know i st- study all of the, the the trends with nfl draft picks and kind of know like certain thresholds they need to meet um and and i think you know you look for guys who are just just playmakers can carry their offenses um and and produce but all uh, to go with just the the physical talent the projectable talent um that you want to see so i yeah I, i've that's all kind of to preface you know i've watched a ton of colin hurley like you said Shay. Um, I, I think the flashes continue to be very encouraging. Um, but, but I think the biggest thing for, for Hurley is just being more consistent. There, there are times in games where, you know, his, his, his training can kind of, uh, he can kind of like, like abandon that a little bit and his mechanics can break down and, and that can cause some, um, you know, so some accuracy issues or decision-making issues. Uh, I would also say too, like, I mean, he's, he's played like some tough games like that, that game that Billy went to that, that American heritage game. Like American Heritage is, is a really talented team. So like I I look at you know, I, I don't make like sweeping judgments off of off of tough matchups or single game sample sizes. Like we have the the luxury of like taking in the full uh body of work with, with, with these quarterbacks. So um so so it's it's a deal where I, I think you know I ideally you would want to see Hurley make uh more of a jump than he probably has to this point. Um you know, I, I, I'm personally am not uh, super bullish on reclassifications, particularly at quarterback, because I think qu- quarterback is such a performance, craft, and confidence position that I think everything we look at from the position tends to point to uh, you wanting to be as good and as uh, don't like really dominant but 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 as good as you can possibly possibly be before you matriculate to the next level that goes from college to the nfl as well um i think when you look at three and out quarterbacks there's a lot of trends that show that three and out quarterbacks who play early in their college careers tend to be more successful in the nfl and i i subscribe to that thought as well for high school to college prospects so um you know i'm not sure that uh reclassifying necessarily helped him a ton. I think it's early to say, but, um, you know, I, 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 I think with Colin Hurley, I think if you're LSU fan, you just want to see him continue to make strides with the consistency, um, and, and, you know, accuracy and, and, and decision-making, but there's no doubt. I mean, he's got, a, he's got a, definitely has a big arm. I think he's improved his mobility and functional mobility a little bit this year. Um, I'm not sure that that's something that you can necessarily snap your fingers and, um, make huge strides, uh, kind of once you're, relatively physically developed like he is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm eager to watch the rest of his senior year. I think there's, 
you know, certainly the potential that, that he could continue to improve and get hot and build some confidence. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's, that possibility is on the table, but, but that's something we'll, we'll be watching, you know, for the, the next couple months. Uh, when you look at the the quarterback recruiting of LSU, uh, right now the biggest thing to talk about is these two 2025s uh, that they're after uh, in Bryce Underwood, who we'll talk about in a little bit, but we're going to address George McIntyre right now. One, because he's right in your backyard, so I want to give uh, the guy uh, who's local uh, some love, but also we'll we'll just talk about Bryce Underwood later. I'll leave it at that. And George McIntyre was just in town for the Arkansas game uh, to check out LSU. This is a big, tall, multi-sport athlete. Um, what are your thoughts on him just overall? Mm-hmm. Yeah, George McIntyre is a guy that was identified as a top quarterback in 2025 uh, pretty early. Um, like you said, Billy, he is – I mean, I, I know you all have seen him in person. He's a really tall kid. I think he's well over 6'5", probably close to 6'6". Uh, kind of has a, a thinner build, but when, when you put him on the scale, he's not like super light. I think he's going to end up being probably like 6'6", 220 plus maybe um kind of once he continues to fill out but um but yeah he's he's a a two-sport athlete really good basketball player a guy who has high major offers in basketball i think he has had an arizona state offer um maybe maybe like even like two years ago uh and in quick arm i think for a for a taller quarterback a lot of times you see these taller quarterbacks who um have like elongated motions that's not the case with mcintyre he's got a got a quick arm uh everything's pretty pretty uh smooth mechanically and uh and, and he's moves well he's a bouncy athlete a guy who can create outside of structure um and and i think just has some of the 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 tools and skills that, that are pretty projectable at the position you know i i'm big on quarterbacks playing basketball i think when you look at uh, a lot of the top quarterbacks in college football and in recent nfl drafts here were guys who were really good like high school basketball players. I think of like, like a Drake may I think of CJ Stroud was like a dead eye spot up shooter. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, it's, that's something I, I think is, is certainly a positive. Um, now George McIntyre has had an interesting junior year. I don't know what his stats are cause they aren't like public. And I, I will, that's something we'll probably have to dig on when we're starting to, um, you know, work on 2025 rankings, but he at Brentwood Academy plays a very tough schedule. I think they're like one in six right now. Um, and and it's it's a tough schedule. I think when you look in the state of Tennessee, a lot of the best high school teams are these private school teams, and uh, like they they played a couple nationally ranked teams, and uh, it is uh, a pretty interesting junior year for George McIntyre. I think his play's been a little up and down, um, but, but I think he's had some really good games. I mean, he had a three touchdown game against uh, Baylor School in Chattanooga that has a, a bunch of power five like high-end power five prospects so um i'm gonna go out and see him in, in a couple weeks um see him live i saw him live last fall um but he's a guy who has certainly has some promise i think like a lot of these junior quarterbacks um kind of want to see how he how he puts it all together uh and, and that's something i think we'll really focus on as a senior but um you know midway through his junior year i think you see some some encouraging signs but uh, you also see areas for improvement as well yeah, I'll be uh, out there seeing him uh, very soon, too. So uh, LSU heavily involved with him. We'll talk about Bryce Underwood in a bit. But first, I got to tell you guys about our friend Zach Payne with Green State Wealth Management. You guys, we know you guys are 
listening to this podcast, you've heard us talk about Zach and his team before, but if you need help with 401ks, wealth management, retirement planning, um, investments, it doesn't matter. Zach Payne and his team can help you through all of that. If you're just trying to save a little bit of money, if you're trying to have a major goal accomplished in life, or just set yourself up to retire uh, very early, Zach Payne and his team uh, will help you guys through that process. Um, and he's a huge LSU supporter, supporter of LSU football. And that's why he wanted to jump on the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast as a sponsor with us. So be sure to check out Zach Payne and his team at Green State Wealth Management. You can email him, Zach Payne, Z-A-C-H-P-A-Y-N-E at greenstatewm.org. Uh, and you can get his thoughts on what you can do to help yourself out financially. You can also give him a call at 319-358-5632. So reach out to Zach and his entire team at Green State Wealth Management. They'll be there to help you through all your financial needs. Shay, uh, we are still rolling on here with Charles Power. And one of the biggest questions uh, that we get on the board is, well, is LSU going to address defensive back even more? Well, they have multiple commitments on that front. They're still working on flipping an SEC target as well from the city of New Orleans. You wrote about that on the board, but... Charles, let's take a look at these 2024 commits, and we might have to go rapid fire because there are so many. They've got Kai Bates, Andre Evans, Deshaun McBride we talked about, Joel Rogers, Jawan Johnson, Wallace Foster. It's quite the group that they have uh, at defensive back. What are some of your takeaways from watching them? Yeah, I, I, I will start with Kai Bates because I, I like literally just watched him right, 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 right before we got on. Um so Kai Bates is relatively new to corner. This is a guy who made the switch to corner, I think, for like the final four games of his junior season, and, and really kind of took very naturally to the position. I think when you when you watch Kai Bates, uh, he is uh, kind of has a lot of innate skills and in coverage. He's a bouncy mover. I think he has very good instincts. He had a huge game, uh, I believe, against Jones, Orlando Jones, top program kind of crosstown rivalry. Uh, in, in in Orlando and had had two picks. I think he has three picks in the season. So, um, you know, very good instincts. I think he's good in like off coverage, um, and uh, obviously has ball skills being a former receiver. I think I think Kai is going to have to probably adjust a little bit to just playing like some of the other factors of just playing defense, like run run defense. That's something. That's also I probably sound like a broken record with that, um, but that's something that you, you see a lot. That's not something that's singular to, to Kai Bates or to Sean McBride, something you see a lot uh, with, with defensive back prospects, especially guys who are kind of like more of your athlete type. So I think that that's an area I think where he'll, it's kind of a given that he'll improve that. But, um, but yeah, I think the, the, the coverage ability, his ability to stay attached um, and he's just a smooth functional mover. So I, I think you have to be like what you've seen from Kai Bates uh, as a senior. I think also too, I would note, I think he's playing better and better on a weekly basis. And, and that's probably, a product of him just continuing to get experience. I mean, he is very new to the position still. So I think probably under 10 games playing corner um, in his high school career. So I think you'd be excited about, um, you know, just, just the progress he's shown and his ability. So um, he's, he's a guy I would start off with Andre Evans um, is a guy who has a ton of physical ability. I mean, y'all seen Andre Evans at camp. He is just kind of how you draw him up physically. He's got plus length. He's like a, 
10, 400 meter guy. Um, I think the biggest thing with Andre Evans is, is kind of just going to be further development, transferring those skills onto the field. Um, you know, he's a guy who I think is probably best suited for certain schemes. My, my comparison for Andre Evans, at least terms in terms of like stylistically as a player, can reminds me a little bit of Keely Ringo. Now, Keely Ringo was like a top 10 prospect and, and I think uh, probably a little more progressed at the same stage in, in his career. But when you look at kind of the strengths, you know, strengths areas for improvement with Andre Evans in terms of the type of player, uh, I think I think of Keely Ringo, a guy who has a lot of straight line speed, um, is, is going to need to con- continue improving just like the ball skills, coverage instincts, uh, and, and like lateral agility maybe. But, um, but, but he has a lot of tools to work with. Like, I think if you're a DBs coach, you'd be excited about coaching a guy like Andre Evans because he has such a high upside. Um, and, and is a guy who I think if, if he, if Andre Evans hits, he has a chance of hitting in a big way. Um, but he's got some areas for improvement and, and you know, s- some, some room for development. But, um, I think you, I think that the physical tools, uh, certainly stack up uh among the best uh, we already kind of touched on deshaun mcbride i think he has a, is a really high upside cover safety uh joel rogers plays is playing a lot joel rogers and, and, and joan johnson i think both are playing a ton of quarterback this year so these guys are kind of projections at db i think we've seen a little more of, of uh joel rogers at db over the last couple of years i i'm encouraged by just like the, the physicality shown in those glimpses um he's a guy who i think just from a temperament perspective uh has the chance to be at like a, a, a tone setter on, on the back end for LSU. Um, a guy who, you know, it wouldn't be a shock to see him be like a, a captain of the defense if he ends up being a starter. Um, and then Jawan Johnson's obviously having a really strong senior year um, just as an overall football player, quarterback. Um, so uh, I, I think those are guys that, that you know, it's a little bit of a, of, of a projection based on how much they play quarterback, but that's nothing that that's something that I think it doesn't hurt them at all. It's just something that I think we kind of work to get clarity on throughout the course of the cycle. Cause when you look at uh, a lot of these top NFL D- DBs, especially safeties play a lot of quarterback, They're, like there's a lot of quarterback to DB conversions. So um, I think it's, it, it's a, it's a pretty good group. I think there's a lot of variety, a lot of um, different skill sets in there. And uh you know, I, I think LSU has, has a shot to, to hit on several of those guys. And, you know, I think you, they'll, they'll probably have a bunch of starters from that group uh, long term. I um, I remember when Dave Aranda got to LSU, he said that uh, the type of linebackers he wanted were guys who played quarterback in high school. So I guess anybody defensively who's got that quarterback mindset, it helps out. Um, LSU fans have been begging for D-line info. We're not asking you for that. You're not the recruiting scoop guru in that regard, but <laughs> When we talked yesterday, you Jordan did bring Birch. up an interesting point. I <laughs> offered up, are there just not a lot of D tackles out there? And you said, no, that's not necessarily the case. And in your opinion, it's more so that a handful of teams seem to be dominating the D tackle landscape. Yeah. And I, I think when you look at, when you look at the D line position, it is like a little bit of an arms race. And I think you see uh, certain programs, like really prioritize that and effectively recruit the position and kind of stack D linemen. Um, some of it's a philosophy thing. I mean, some of it's just like a, like prioritizing it, but you look at like Georgia, I mean, Georgia rotates so many defensive linemen. Those guys don't play uh, a, a ton of snaps for them because they, they platoon them at such a high level uh, And Georgia obviously has a great sales pitch for defensive linemen. So I think you have to start with Georgia stacking D linemen, Texas A&M, 
the last several cycles has really like loaded up on defensive linemen. Um, and then you look at a program like Ohio state, who I think has made that kind of a priority in, in this recruiting cycle. I think they, they come out of their games against like Michigan and Georgia and, and, and think, man, like if we just had a couple of these like big blue chip five-star type of defensive linemen, um, that could maybe be the difference in some of these games. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think it's, it's a little bit, there, there's a little bit less dispersion at the defensive line position, maybe than you see from, from other spots. Um, and I think, I think it's in part because you can play so many at once. A lot of defensive linemen don't necessarily like prioritize like playing time, uh, maybe like you would or, or targets like you would as like at, at like receiver or, um, you know, other, other positions, certainly not something like quarterback, but, um, I, I think that's a factor with it as well. Um, so, D-line recruiting is interesting. I mean, I think when you look at, there's a lot of different team building strategies you can, you can go for. Um, you know, I think you've seen some teams kind of pivot to the portal, um, you know, just go with like a very like long-term development plan. I think about like kind of what Florida state's done there. They've had like portal supplementation with guys who are like fifth year seniors, kind of an older defensive line. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think you're seeing a lot of different strategies in college football. And I think there's def definitely more than one way to go about it, but um, from the high school level, I think that's that's a position where I think you've seen a little bit of arms race and kind of a um, kind of like kind of certain certain schools really stacking that position. Maybe than you see at other positions. Well, speaking of stacking, uh, LSU fans and Bengal Tiger subscribers in particular are stacking up their rogue shop uh, products uh, for this football season, especially after. Uh, LSU's loss to Ole Miss, uh, probably in need of all of those things that Rogue Shop provides, uh, which is why you should check them out, RogueShop.com. Be sure to use the promo code BANGLETIGER for 10% off your order. And look, whether you're in it for pain relief, anxiety, sleep help, all those things, Richard and Shar will help you through uh, this entire process as you try to get uh, – just feel better in a natural way. They've got CBD, THC, uh, they've got the Delta 8 gummies. Um, it's all 100% natural, uh, hemp-derived THC. If you go that route, uh, the CBD oils are something that uh, Shay just checked out. The pain cream is something for me after I get done with playing hockey. Uh, you can rub it on certain spots that are sore, my hips or back or what have you, and that helps out. Uh, but see, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, there's Char right there. Uh, I just need to tell her that uh, we're taking you guys a tour of RogueShop.com. Check them out, RogueShop.com. Use the promo code BENGALTIGER for 10% off your order today. Uh, I told you, Chuck, that we were going to roll to Bryce Underwood, and I feel like Shay can attest, we get a text a week, at least, about Bryce Underwood. It's either live on that. Friday night or it's, hey, I'm re-watching last week's game. Watch this throw. Watch that. Um, and he is one of the best quarterbacks, I think, in the last few years, at least from my angle. He's the number one prospect. LSU's in on him. What are your thoughts on uh, the five-star from Michigan? Yeah, and I, I, have, to, I have to be careful sometimes um, with, with like placing expectations on guys who are 16-year-olds like Bryce Underwood. He's young for the class. He really it's, – it's scary to think this guy could be a 2026 prospect uh, from an age perspective. But, but man, he – 
he his talent is really really exciting and I, I think when you look at the pure physical talent i don't see anybody in high school football right now that has uh the combination of arm talent and athleticism that he has like just the projectable physical tools that he has at quarterback um and i'm i it would be almost hard for me to come up with someone who's like a close second uh at, at this stage just with the, his ability to push the ball down field i mean i think if i think of the if I had to say the 15, 10, 15 most impressive throws I've seen from quarterbacks uh, this fall, Bryce Underwood might have like seven of them. Um, he, he's a guy who makes just really hard to imagine throws on, on a weekly basis. Um, and a guy who's continued to get better. Uh, you know, he's, he's, I think, has a good shot of being a four-time state champion uh, in the state of Michigan. And um, just just the the upside uh, from from an arm talent perspective is uh, really really exciting, um, and and I think I mean he's a guy that you know I, I think is 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 worthy of all the the, the hype and praise and um, you know certainly that that comes with the like with, with the conditions that he continues to develop and continues to get better. But one one reason why I was uh, pretty bullish on him early on as as a number one overall type of quarterback was I think he had some some really positive indicators of a guy who is is not topped out has has a lot of developmental um upside and, and kind of a continued track to get to get better and better um because I think I mean I think there's clear areas where he can continue to improve which is crazy to think about given how good he is right now so um so I he's he's really exciting I think just the ability to stretch the field man like he like I, he does not strain to throw the ball 60 yards off of like a, a skip jump, like not like barely setting your feet type of type of throws. Um, so uh, just kind of a next level arm talent as a, as a downfield passer, a guy who can stretch the field vertically. So um, yeah, he's, he's one who I think has immense potential. And um, you know, I, when, when you look at every cycle, like there's, kind of the reality is there's not always true slam dunk number one overall prospects at quarterback every cycle. Um, but, but I think he certainly has that potential to be a true slam dunk number one overall, kind of like a guy like a Caleb Williams. They're obviously di they're very different prospects, but um, I think he has that kind of upside and, you know, we'll continue to watch his junior year uh, and of course his senior year. But I think uh, he Bryce Underwood is a guy who I look forward to watching him every week. And I'm uh, it's, it's a guy who is a, uh, I'm always excited to talk about because um, he is he is a really really exciting and uh, fun high upside uh, prospect at the most important position in sports. So he's a guy that if you're if you're LSU and you can land him, uh, that's a situation where you could not be happier if you're an LSU fan and you land Bryce Underwood. I uh, we've got a few minutes left here with Charles uh, before we got to get out of here. Uh, so let's finish with this. Every LSU fan's dream, uh, Charles, They many have moved beyond the 24 class. They're focused on 2025, and they say, well, Harlem Berry, on three RPM, New Orleans guy, number one running back on the on three rankings. He's trending to LSU. DeCorian Moore, the number two uh, overall receiver um, on the on three industry rankings, uh, given Ryan Williams a run for his money as potentially one of the top receivers in the country coming out of Duncanville. He's committed now. And we've just talked about Underwood, Joe Sloan, getting them really in the top two with Michigan. So briefly, kind of your thoughts on Barry and Moore, who have both been on fire again this year as juniors. 
yeah, I mean, I think if you're LSU, like, yeah, like, I mean, that's a complete dream scenario if you could land those guys. I, I, I think back to like the '90s Cowboys when they had like the, the the triplets with Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, and Michael Irvin. I guess that would be LSU's version of the triplets if they could if they could land these guys. And all, I mean, you know, I we haven't given out a ton of five stars uh, early on in, in 2025, but I think it's it's certainly. Uh, reasonable to say that those guys are all tracking as as five star prospects. You, so if if you're LSU and you land a number one overall five star quarterback, a five star running back, which there's not a ton of five star running backs anymore, with just kind of how that position's valued, and then a five star receiver, I mean that's complete dream scenario for LSU. I think with Harlan Berry, I mean he, Harlan Berry is a guy that 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 we've really lo- loved for a long time. Uh, I, I just I just love the run the run style. I mean, he he reminds me of of a uh, Jamal Charles fr- from a running perspective, a guy who has, um, you know, obviously the top end track speed, but it's very functional. He toggles back and forth. Um, you know, I think he sees blocks really well. A guy who plays like the the speed of the game is slow for him. Uh, just with w- w- with his vision, um, and obviously he can catch the ball in the backfield as well. I think the biggest thing with Harlan Berry. Uh, just kind of want to see like how he ends up from like a size perspective. I'm not sure he's ever going to be like a big guy, but just kind of meeting like that threshold. Like it would be great to see Harlan Barry kind of leave college as like a 200 plus pounder. Um, but but uh, just in terms of like the, I guess with his you know when, when you're projecting durability. But um, but he is really exciting, and, I, and I'm I'm pretty high on this group of 2025 running backs. So I think the fact that you know being number one. Uh, at running back in 2025 is to me um, pretty high praise when you look at the rest of that group. So um, love Harlan, Harlan Barry and, and, and DeCorey Moore. I think of all of the receivers that Cody Belair and I saw during the summer, he was the guy that I think we were probably the most impressed by um, just with what he showed in, on, on the camp circuit. And then obviously comes out his, his uh, junior season and has a monster game against South Oak cliff. Now, uh, Evaluating guys at Duncanville, prospects at Duncanville is kind of interesting because Duncanville really kind of just kills everybody they play. So I'm not sure we're going to see a, a ton of um, Decorian more from like a extended sample size or target uh, target share really kind of once Duncanville gets in the playoffs. But there's no question. I mean, I think just given what we saw in person um, and, and kind of what he did early on uh, so far in his junior year, I mean, he's a guy who – strikes fear in, in defenses like i think he has a bunch of just like you talk about like gravity like relative to like a steph curry like with what he does to defenses i think the cory Moore's ability to take the top off and also make plays with the ball in his hands um i think he has significant gravity as as, as an outside receiver and a guy who can move around and do, and do a lot of different stuff with the ball in his hands so um those three are bryce underwood harlan barry to cory moore are three really exciting underclassmen prospects that I think if you're LSU and you land those three, I mean, that would be a complete dream scenario. So those are guys I, I, I love talking about those guys. I guess you can tell, like, I'm like, I'm always excited to talk about them. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, I think if, I think if you're LSU and you land that, like those guys, I mean, you're looking at uh, a lot of points and offensive explosion in a couple of years once I get on campus. 35 yards of catch uh, this year for DeCorey yeah, and yeah. Moore. Yeah, not, uh, he's, not surprising. After seeing, after seeing him at OT7, <laughs> it was a situation where it's kind of like he does what he wants to do. So, Yeah, he's a part of that that group that is uh, continuing to roll at Duncanville. And LSU obviously has uh, Caden Durham there, four-star running back in 2024 as well. We'll have to have you 
on again, Charles, because our time has run out. The studio is going to the big dogs um, of the uh, On3 YouTube channel, I'm sure. But look, you are our big dog. You always uh, come on and chat it up with us on uh, the eval side of things, give people a really good insight into how everything comes together. So as always, thanks for the time. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. I'll catch up with you all a little later. That was it for this edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. Hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel wherever you follow the podcast at. We will catch you guys next week with another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. For Shay Dixon and Charles Power, I'm Billy Embai. Thanks for listening.